All year round, Frontier Home Products and Design has what you need to make your home comfortable and beautiful. Relax on a new timber tech deck designed by Frontier's experts. A new fireplace from Frontier Home Products Fireplace Gallery adds warmth and serenity to any home. Beauty and versatility at Frontier Home Products and Design Center, 4213 Peachtree, 5th next to the Bayfront Highway. Frontier Home Products and Design Center. Discover a new frontier. PA contractor number PA039007. Welcome to TalkErie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. And we're glad to welcome back to the show Kim Thomas, Executive Director of Infinite Erie, this masterful yes. Erie's inclusive <laughs> playbook. Welcome back. Thanks so much, Joel. All righty. Uh, so if I needed to say, hey, in the, in the last six months, what's been the biggest, most exciting development coming out of uh, your work here with Infinite Erie, what would that be? What would kind of rise yeah, to the so top? So rising to the top would be that uh, Infinite Erie in partnership with the County Redevelopment Authority, as well as Erie's Black Wall Street and Pentap, uh, received a, a little over a million dollar grant award through the Appalachian Regional Commission's Power Initiative. Uh, so that would rise to the top because uh, that money is really going to allow us to do the work that we've been setting ourselves up to do in helping these organizations, these project leads, take their projects through that project development process to ensure that they have success, that they get to implementation, and they are bringing their visions and these transformational projects to reality. So that little over a million dollars, which also leveraged more than two million additional dollars. So over the next three years, we're going to be pumping more than three million dollars into capacity building and technical assistance to bring these projects to fruition. So is that kind of like uh, fueling your engine to bring the research and things and kind of your team to bear on on uh, on these other groups that are are getting ready for these uh, these bigger projects. Right. right? So it's going to so, do a couple of different things. Okay. So for Infinite Erie, um, the lion's share of the award will come to Infinite Erie. It will allow us to engage subject matter experts. So around project development, real estate development, real estate finance, um, doing the pro formas and the feasibility studies. And, you know, these, these organizations don't always have the capacity and that experience uh, internally to be able to bring forward a competitive investment ready project. Mm -hmm. So for, for that piece of it, Infinite Erie is going to be going out and engaging those professional consultants who can come in, work hand in hand and coach these, in many cases, nonprofit organizations who are carrying out this work, um, coach them so that they're able to bring the projects to fruition. Uh, the piece for Erie's Black Wall Street will help build their internal capacity so that they're able to help uh, small businesses and entrepreneurs. Um, again, from a coaching standpoint, it will boost the efforts, uh, the successful efforts that they've had recently. And then and um, PENTAP, the Pennsylvania Technical Assistance Program, which is through Penn State, uh, is helping Infinite Erie with a sustainability advisory team. Uh, so their, their portion of that grant will allow them to manage um, that sustainability advisory team, which is going to have a significant impact on the work that we're doing, right? So we Sustainability said, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the context of... Of, of, of ecology or sustainability in the context of, of 
building capacity and and stay, you know keeping in business. Yeah, so a little bit of both. So we talk okay. about it from an environmental perspective, yeah. an economic perspective, and an equity perspective. Okay. So when we talk about building or convening and coordinating inclusive growth strategies, we want to make sure that you know if a project, I don't. Well, I'll take. EMI, for example, are they thinking through all of the opportunities at the federal level, um, you know, through the IIJA, uh, Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, um, some of the tax credit programs to put a green roof on the building? So thinking, for, yeah, so we've got these, again, subject matter experts um, that are serving on the sustainability advisory team that can sit around the table with these practitioners and, and help them think through those elements of their project that might lead to a more sustainable project project um, might lead you know to a more equitable equitable and inclusive project in some of our environmental justice areas of the community um, so that will be that portion it will it will bring in the um, the expertise of Pentap and many others to help us think about that and ensuring that we're taking advantage uh, not only from the perspective that these dollars are out there let's right. think about how we can make use of them, um, but also because it's the right thing to do, right, in terms of as these projects are being implemented, how can we be a little more thoughtful around sustainability? All right. I'm trying, I'm trying, to, I, it, I'm trying <laughs> to get my arms around it because, uh, it, because it, it is this game-changing moment. I mean, we know that there are all of these funnels of cash, pipelines, whatever, whatever metaphor you want to use. There are all these channels of cash that we're trying to access much like you know if you go back to the 60s you go 60 years ago and you have the great society mm -hmm. there were organizations that were created just to access what the feds were giving out right that's why we have a community action committee here it to in order to be the facilitator of federal dollars to help individual people mm -hmm. so now we're talking about there are how many, 30, how many projects? About 35 projects. 35 projects uh, of, and, and, and they're knowable. We know the, what the desired outcomes of each of these projects are. Yet, the, the, in this, and again, it's cut me off when you're ready. You're good. But in, in the, the devil's in the details, insofar as that if this project, let's say the desired income is, um, you know, we want more, uh, you know, minority homeowners, mm -hmm. period. Yep. Well, there's a lot of ways that we can achieve that ultimate goal that will tap into all kinds of different federal programs, state programs, and additional funding, uh, you know, in regards to, you know, all the different new dollars right. right i mean we're right. really yeah. in a great society moment again aren't we absolutely we are and i think you know when you think about all of these projects they're all in different stages some of them are still very um idealistic in nature that you know they still have a lot of work to do in order to get to a, an implementation phase with all of these dollars out there though many of them most of them are competitive in nature so while infinite erie was originally created to say all of these resources are out there. How can Erie organize itself to make the most of this moment? As we've been doing this work, we recognize that you have to put forth competitive project proposals. You can't just have, you know, some idea that you tell, you know, 
an elected official or an agency director, like we need funding for this. Well, they need a lot more information than that. A lot of these organizations, they're doing great work. I mean, if you think about the various, mostly again, nonprofit organizations throughout the community that are implementing transformational projects and, you know, revitalizing our housing stock and, and our neighborhoods and main streets and, you know, all the, the different types of work that are happening, they're doing great work, but they're oftentimes one and two-person operations. You know, they have yeah. a specific focus, a specific mission. Um, they might not have that that expertise to really be able to take a project from that great vision, that great idea, all the way through that project development process to where they are able to secure competitive resources. So that's that's where we're coming in. We're kind of sitting in the place, we say, a community development intermediary between the funders, whether they be local, whether they're public, private, philanthropic, but between the funders and the organizations that are looking to implement these projects mm -hmm. so that we can help them get to a good place where they are able to secure those resources and implement those projects. Wow, wow. And you have them, again, it, as you try to get your arms around yeah. these things, you created these clusters and also created these geographic zones where you're focusing, right? That's correct. So um, we certainly work throughout Erie County, uh, and we also have um, a significant focus on the greater core, um, just for economic purposes. That's where the lion's share of economic activity is happening, and we want to see that inclusive growth happening. Um, so we are focused um, on areas that are, you know, historically disadvantaged uh, and disinvested in. Uh, we're focusing on our rural communities. We're focusing on environmental justice areas. We are trying to align our priorities with where we believe that the federal and state government and others are going to be allocating resources. So they are looking at those historically disinvested mm -hmm. communities. They are looking at those census tracts. They're looking at, um, you know, the, the um, justice, the justice 40 initiative is about really investing in these communities that have been identified as, as in areas of environmental justice. Yeah. Um, so from a, from a, geographic perspective that's where we're aligning our efforts um, and now we've taken we've taken this playbook and we've spent a lot of time really putting together our framework and trying to figure out what that path is for us moving forward because it is a lot it is an ambitious playbook so we have to if everything if all 35 of those projects are a priority then we're never going to get anything done mm. so we've actually taken all of those clusters and all of the delivery teams that were identified in the investment playbook if you're familiar with it and put it into four project all of the projects into four project portfolios so from a from a, trying to make it more efficient and simplistic and more focus-based, we have neighborhoods and main streets. We have uh, industry clusters and infrastructure. We have uh, inclusive entrepreneurship and finally anchor investments in the greater core. So we've taken all of those projects and put them into those four project portfolios. Again, to focus our efforts, to see what projects are there. And now our job is to have an understanding of where each of those projects, what the status is for each of those projects. Mm -hmm. What are their needs? If they are still uh, in, a, in a discovery and problem solving phase, what do they need in order to progress to uh, project development, to then progress to securing resources and finally to implementation? So that's what we see our job is to provide whatever assistance we can um, and connect these organizations with that assistance, with funding opportunities, to ensure that they make it through every step of that project development process so that they're successfully implementing. It, it sounds like it, it, that it that the federal government and some of these 
some of these plans that have been you either come up with through legislation or through executive um you know executive orders that they don't know exactly where they want the money to go can you talk about that it's a lot of money i mean this is i would say unprecedented i don't think they know where specifically they want the money to go they have identified you know certain um you know there are energy communities um so there are certain communities that may have been uh, negatively impacted by uh the downturn in coal uh, sure. as an industry so they're focused on those areas in terms of diversifying the workforce and diversifying industry so i think they do have a general sense uh in terms of eligibility for these communities and but but there's so much there I don't know that they fully know how to get it all out. Yeah. And some of it is so complex, uh, even for them to, to know how to approve some of these. And, and from the practitioner level and the applicant level, it's a lot of the, the federal uh, resources are, are extreme. The newer ones through IIJA and, and some of the other acts that have been uh, enacted. Uh, it's just it's really complex. And even from our end to have an understanding of where do we go? Well, from it, it here. almost I mean, sounds like uh, you know that a deal could be done with a let's say a committee staffer or a legislative staffer talking to their counterpart you know in the executive branch to say okay we've got this really cool thing up in northwest pa and and uh you know how close can we get to you know matching your goals for for this particular slice of funding. I, yeah, I don't I'd know. say that there's some of that. I, I don't think, you think there's I don't think, a little bit of I think there's some of that where they're like, hey, you've got a got a great idea. Like, yeah, let's get I mean, the money out to the Northwest Opportunity Zones kind of had a flavor of that. Sure. Insofar as, hey, let's hang our hat on Erie. Let's send Ben Carson, right? Sure. Uh to to tout what HUD is doing uh through an opportunities. I mean it's pretty remarkable yeah. when they can get the earned media out of out of what they're trying to pull on, right? But you got to have the projects there, and that's, and that's what, yeah, yeah, and that's what we're trying to, and, to and develop that, you know, and make you, sure you go back to EDDC and Opportunity Zones and and the Walker Brothers and all. You know, Absolutely. I mean, they did. I mean, that was not that was not vaporware. That was a real project, Indeed. and we're looking at Look it. Look at it; it's incredible. I know. I love it. <laughs> it's amazing, Kim. Uh, there was uh, Daria Devlin, who's uh, I think she's on your steering committee. She or, is. Yes, yeah. the action team. Yeah. Uh, the action team. Uh, she, she had a guest column in the Erie Times News on Sunday. How can Infinite Erie deliver change with vision, money, and networks? And I think it was kind of an explainer, kind of a column, kind of like what we're trying to do here. It's exactly. like, let's unpack what this big <laughs> project is. And I always like to know, I always like to break things down into what is knowable and what is unknowable, right? Or, you know, what do we have to pursue understanding in? And we know that these projects, you wouldn't have picked them if they weren't worthwhile, sure, right? Right. And so we know that there's, wow, don't know what that was. Know, that was interesting. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> That was that was a little scary, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, you never know what you're going to have downtown, right? Yeah. Um, so we know that these projects have have goals and have outcomes sure. that are desirable and would be high impact for our community. And now, are you basically trying to connect the dots to what it's going to take to bring those to fruition? On a, on a manpower basis, on a financial basis, and uh, you know, and the whole 
kind of running through the paperwork gauntlet, right? Yeah, it is. It is a lot of that. So we recognize, you know, again, that of those 35 projects, there's probably only, you know, maybe a dozen that are actually even ready to secure some of these dollars that are out there. Okay. So while we're helping identify funding opportunities around those that are ready, we also recognize that there are, you know, two thirds of these that are in a different phase of project development. Some, we may still need to have the practitioners come around the table and identify an actual project to move forward. And and we want to work with them so that they are clearly articulating the outcomes and the impact of the work that they mm-hmm. are intending to do. So there are a lot of them that still need a lot of work in order to get to where they're investment ready. So right now we're, we're really focused on... And who makes the determination? Are you guys saying... Hey, uh, let's go back to the you know let's let's work on this again. Let's have your subcommittee grind on this a little bit longer so that we can articulate this better. Yeah, so we're working. So we have our Erie Action Team, yeah. which is you know a combination public-private philanthropic leadership throughout the community uh, that really helps steer us in the direction of where so of where those priorities could and maybe should be right so all of the projects they came out of what a dozen or so strategic plans mm-hmm. that have been created over the years so that's where they essentially came from now it's our job to say okay what's the stage of the project development process are they in what are their needs but what funding opportunities are out there? What are the interests of our local funders? What are the what do we know are the opportunities at the state and federal levels? And that's really what's gearing us in the work that we're doing, trying to. So, again, we can't focus on 35 projects. So right. we will be at the first of the year after the first of the year coming out with sort of our 2024 playbook that will identify like these are the projects where, where some may fall off and there could be an addition here or there, but these are the projects that we're really going to focus on moving uh, throughout that process in 2024. What is the state of, if we take, if we take a, a broad overlook at the federal programs, mm-hmm. what, what are the ones that come to mind uh, most often? Uh, and, and I got to make sure that you tell us the whole story because I remember last time I was thinking, well, we have this infra- infrastructure Bipartisan infrastructure bill. Yes. Well, but then there's also like parts of that that are in all the different buckets, whether it's Department of Ag, uh, HUD, like all those all those big executive departments have parts of that infrastructure bill. That's exactly right. And so you could. You're allowed to double dip, I guess, is what the issue is, right? Yeah, I think so. I think if, I mean, again, if you have a competitive project um, and, you know, a lot of them require matching funds, so that's where some of the local players come in or other types of investment in the projects. Uh, But yeah, the Department of Energy, there's so much money that's going out. But are there oftentimes projects in Erie that align with that funding. Mm -hmm. So uh, there may be opportunities at times to partner with other communities like a Pittsburgh or, you know, someone in southwestern Pennsylvania around some of those, you know, manufacturing industry, you know, DOE opportunities. Um, Certainly, you know, HUD around housing opportunities. I mean, they're they're all over the place. Um, Did your steering committee set some like priorities saying, this has to rise to the top. Like in in my brain, this is how my brain works. But the idea that we don't have universal fiber right now sure. seems like it is it is holding Erie Metro back. Yeah, I don't. And think yeah. uh, you don't think I'm wrong? Okay. No, so <laughs> so does that is does something like that rise to the top in uh, in your playbook? It there? does for a couple of reasons. One, because it is such an incredible challenge to the to 
too eerie in general. Mm -hmm. uh, and two, because again, there is a significant amount of money that's going to be funneled to communities to implement that that infrastructure. Um, so what what the action team is doing, what we're doing as staff, and what we're working with all of the project leads and practitioners on is to, again, really show the what are the catalytic projects that we can really focus on right now and how do we know they're catalytic well we're doing that work behind it to identify you know the economic impact that a project is going to have on the community um you know are there opportunities to collaborate amongst several projects that are going to have the same intended impact that could perhaps uh reach a, a broader portion of the community yeah. um so so that's what we're really doing we're taking what are going to be the catalytic projects that are really going to spur that inclusive growth that we're looking to do and we're identifying that by really honing in on what the outcomes and economic impact are going to be of those projects okay like 30 seconds yeah. i would imagine the the impetus is on local leaders to say okay here's our moment i might have to step up my skill set here to rise to this challenge sure Absolutely. That that's again not wrong. I mean, we do. We have to have leadership to, to and we say, can't do the, the things the, the same way we've always done that. That's one hundred percent. In Daria Devlin's article in the Erie Times News on Sunday, she mentions that the Erie Community Foundation has uh, had invested more than a million dollars to get Infinite Erie started, and then again, you've gotten more grants mm -hmm. to to kind of add capacity to this to this project here. Um, can we can we talk through? You mentioned in 2024 you you're going to be kind of announcing what your what your immediate playbook is. Can we talk through some of those priorities? Sure. Yeah. I don't I don't see why not. Okay. Yeah. So, what would be what would be uh, the first one? You know? Yeah. So I think um, in that neighborhoods and main streets portfolio, we have a few projects that have been working uh, through project development for several years now. Some even prior to Infinite Erie even being in existence. So yeah. um, whether that is some scattered site acquisition and rehabilitation for affordable housing opportunities uh, in some of our core neighborhoods in the city, that's one project that's really moving forward. Uh, the creation of a community land trust, launching the Cornerstone Community Land Trust, which I can't get into the details of a community land trust because it's, it's very complex and yeah. complicated, but essentially what it does is, and this will be throughout Erie County, um, properties that go into the community land trust will remain affordable in perpetuity. So the land trust maintains ownership of the land under So does under the, the land property. trust buy the land? It does, yes. From the current owner? Yes, okay. yes. And then And then it's always going to be subsidized. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. it will forever be affordable. So that's that's another project that we see moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um that it's being run through the County Land Bank and they received um a, some grant dollars about 400,000 grant dollars through the Pennsylvania Housing Finance Authority to kind of work on standing that up. So that yeah, one's really Talk loaded. about this affordable housing yeah. thing. In your research uh or your team's research it, it are we are we should we uh, conclude that affordable housing is at a premium right now that there's not enough because the you know the the meme is that Erie's one of the most affordable places to live for housing yet when you go and try to buy or especially rent right. a house it's very expensive yeah it definitely can be and i think so i think it's twofold so i think that we need quality affordable housing and we need accessible quality affordable housing in that, you know, we certainly, you know, part of the playbook is to increase um, home ownership rates um, for, the, for the BIPOC members of this community. Mm -hmm. um, so 
that that involves perhaps some some home ownership prep for some of the members of the community to ensure that they have the financial resources and the sustainability and really the the literacy to be able to to move forward and purchase a home and what so what programs are there to really help individuals become a homeowner um but it's also it's also the housing stock right so sure yeah so it's it's about quality affordable housing and it's it's access to it as well in terms of you know whether what stage of home ownership or rent or homelessness or whatever that that pipeline of individuals looks like so you know certainly we have an, an abundance of housing stock but it's the question becomes the quality and and i think to some extent the affordability and and where there is affordability do we have the pipeline of individuals and families to be able to to make that purchase would would it be i mean how would how would this what would be the end game for something like that would that be a uh, subsidized development i mean something like what hans has done let's say in edinburgh and other places or i think it's a mixture so okay. i think i think you have to take all you know income levels in, sure. into account in terms of affordable housing because i think a i think a young market. working family trying to get into a home they're looking at two two fifty for for a starter which sure. is crazy considering you know uh, it used to be that you could get something decent for 80 grand, 90 grand. Right. So do we you need, can't. you know, down payment assistance program or whatever? So you, I think you have to look at varying income levels sure. um, and, and identify from a programmatic aspect, you know, how do we ensure that we have a pipeline to be able to access those home ownership opportunities? So that obviously rises to the top when we're talking about neighborhoods yeah, for sure. and, and main streets. Um, the uh, What's another kind of chunk of projects. So I would say if you think about the anchor investments in the greater core, mm -hmm. there's obviously a lot going on where we're sitting uh, right, right now. Um, I know EMI, the Erie County Redevelopment Authority, is trying to finalize its financial capital stack for the um, for the revitalization of that actual facility. Um, so that will be a high priority. Um, certainly, you know, we've, there's some projects along State Street, whether it's at 10th and State, uh, the, you know, the Renaissance Center, what's happening there. Mm -hmm. um, identifying sort of what the EDDC's next phases of, of plans are and, and what their needs and challenges might be and, and moving toward those toward implementation. So that's all what we're working through right now is seeing we're, we're gathering the information from these project leads that have been identified in the investment playbook and those that we've been working with over the past year or so and saying, what is the status of your project? What are your needs? And then how can we help them, you know, Fill, fill any gaps that they have to move those projects forward. So, so the like the first phase of the EDDC, for example, was all private money. Mm -hmm. uh, as we go into phase two, it's very possible that some of these programs coming down from the federal government could be uh, a benefit. Yeah, here. I think absolutely. So, you know, we and we've had those conversations, yeah. you know, about accessing and leveraging some of the public resources to uh, just amplify what's being invested from the private sector and really. Um, it, enhancing all of the work that they're doing here along State Street. Um, so I think definitely public funding could and, and really should come into the mix. When you talk about the central core, uh, you know, one of the arguments I hear about is that even in the core, some of our infrastructure is lacking, especially when it comes to power. Sure. You know, yes. uh, I hear that Penelec has to invest tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars into getting its grid ready for these new businesses coming online. 
How would that work? Public utility kind of thing. Yeah. So from an, from an infrastructure, so that industry clusters and infrastructure portfolio okay. that we spoke of, um, grid resiliency is is a project that's identified in the investment playbook. And there are significant federal resources. It's the grid program, grid resiliency, infrastructure development. Okay. Uh, so there's a lot of money. So now it's it's a matter of... Is that Department of Energy at that point? Or, oh, uh, I or, I'm not sure either. Okay. Yeah, one, one of, one of, the, <laughs> one of, the, one many. of the, the many on the cabinet. <laughs> exactly. Huh? Interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so there are significant resources available for that exact thing. So it's, it's now it's having conversations with... The utility. It's I was going to say, Penelope has to be a willing they partner, do. right? Yes, yeah. So that's that's the conversations that we're having now, and identifying, you know, those those networks to be able to to have those conversations at a very uh, high level, so that we can ensure that Erie is on the list uh, in terms of utilizing uh, these resources and and getting some improvements, significant improvements to this grid. And most of this stuff is competitive, right? It it's, is. It is. If you get it, somebody else doesn't. That's absolutely right. Yeah, so we that's why it's tough. we have to be ready. That's why, yeah, the investment playbook is that pipeline of projects, right? So that when these opportunities become available, we can move a little faster. Not no, We're not always completely ready mm -hmm. with the project, but we can move a, a little more swiftly to do so. Are there any, um, are, is there anything in the portfolio that talks about visitor access? And, and we're, why I'm bringing this up is, uh, you know, I was totally addicted to going to the Jefferson Global Summit this year, and one of my favorite conversations was with Richard Florida and Bruce Katz. Yeah. Bruce Katz was part of the author of the playbook itself, mm -hmm. and what like knocked me over my chair, honestly, was this concept that that uh, you know downtowns are for living, working, playing, and connecting, yes. and that sixty percent of the people you'll encounter downtown are visitors now. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they're visiting from another part of the county, but maybe they're visiting, you know, their grandparents or something like that. Right. Yeah. And so the idea, you know, this idea of activating people that are coming to the convention center that are staying at Bayfront Hotels into more of the central core, that seems to be our big gap right now. Yeah, I, anything on the list for something like that or so yeah i would say so i think that you know well look at what the edc is doing that's yes. what they're doing they are creating those opportunities for coming downtown and connecting with others um so so a lot of that is happening it's you know activating perry square it's you know getting the market house going down on the bayfront so and and then actually having that physical connection so again it's it's about bringing the practitioners to the table so whether you have the port authority working you know i think working with the erie downtown partnership to mm -hmm. say okay you're going to activate perry square for the holiday season let's activate dobbins landing and have some you know vendors down at dobbins landing and mm -hmm. do some co-marketing and things of that nature but that will be much easier once we have that that physical um walkway and connection that is going to the alleviate exactly yes. so yes that's a big part of the playbook so we anticipate that you know that's going to be breaking ground here it probably already has broken sure. ground but that will be once that connection is there it will be a little bit easier to to access both sides of of the bayfront connector so i think that's an important part of it so it's all of those elements it's it's thinking about you know how do we activate the different public spaces not just public spaces, private spaces, what amenities are going to bring people to our downtown? And to Richard Florida's point, you know, it's not going to be, it's it's not all about housing anymore. It's not no. necessarily developing the housing. Yes, you're going to have people who want to live downtown, but it's more about what experiences can you offer that's going to bring those individuals here. It's, 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 a, it's amazing because he's 
totally turned. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, yeah, and he, his thinking and in he 20 talked years. About it. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, <laughs> it's incredible. All right, other other sectors that you think will rise to the top in 2024? I really th- so from again from the uh, infrastructure standpoint, certainly broadband is going to be yeah. top of mind as we talked about, and maybe it's not broadband, maybe it's fiber. I but, know we yeah, throw around is, that term the, loosely. What is the what's the big Kahuna uh, issue with that? I mean, uh, I remember we 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 heard an announcement in Summit Township. It was four hundred thousand dollars for forty connections. Of fiber, and I'm like doing the calculations. Like, wow, that's a that's a pretty big price tag it is. to to provide access. I, I mean, is there a way that is this is this something that a private concern should be doing, or should this be a public utility? I think I think it's got to be multi sector. I think you've okay. got to have the private sector involved from an investment standpoint, um, but you have to have you know the wherewithal from from the public sector as well to be able to to implement and insert this infrastructure but like when we when we look at something like uh you know chattanooga yes chattanooga just said we're spending the money yeah well that's and that's what we have to do i mean that's what you have to do you have to say this is what it's going to cost recognize that if we don't do this what are you know what are the challenges going to continue to be um so we have to invest i mean chattanooga is not much to look at right it's kind of an armpit of tennessee but they've got 10 gig broadband. Exactly, and that's that's part of the work that we're doing. So um, Infinite Erie was actually the community partner for the Thomas B. Hagen Fellowship Program at Erie Insurance, and one of the um, groups within that cohort actually focused on broadband. Okay. Um, so we took a trip um, to Cleveland and learned more about you know some of what they're doing, and we had a great group um, of employees from Erie Insurance that really took a deep dive into what some of the opportunities are and what Erie should be focusing on. So we're using some of that information and trying to to further some of those potential projects. But I think you know, in a community like Erie, it's probably going to take different types of technology and different types of infrastructure. There's probably not one realistically affordable answer to all of it so. yeah and if yeah if you're out in the middle of green township right. more than likely the 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 fiber's not coming to you right it, you know? it's just you know it just is the reality perspective yeah it's, yeah it's tough but i do think i think we'll hopefully get to the point where there's recognition that the investment has to be made mm-hmm. so who's going to make it and then how can we leverage the public resources at the state and federal level to really enhance the product that we're receiving yeah yeah. Uh, so that's infrastructure bucket. Um, you uh, talked about neighborhoods. We talked about Bayfront. I mean, how much, I mean, we're basically, we've got, we've got the hundred million dollar project mm-hmm. with the Bayfront Parkway. Uh, do you feel like that with your research that the rest of, let's say, Sassafras Street Pier and uh, some of those other things that are kind of out there, you know, they they the convention center has been looking for an, a, a developer for quite a while. Right. Is it is it basically let's get let's get the infrastructure down there first, and then you know folks might come. I think that that's, I there? think that's been part of the idea because I know over the years it, there has been this mentality that without the infrastructure you're not going to attract the developers, mm-hmm. you're not going to attract uh, folks to come into this space. So I know that the um, that Erie Events has been working over the years to install the infrastructure, and now you're just going to have this this added 
you know, mega piece of infrastructure that that hopefully will alleviate a lot of, you know, whatever it is that's preventing developers from being interested in that. But I think, you know, I think moving forward, the market house, um, certainly all the development that has happened, um, you know, you've got some additional amenities down on the Bayfront with the Scots are doing yeah. and and others. So I think it's just continuing to build on that. And one of the things that um when Bruce Katz and New Localism Associates put together the playbook, they said that we needed to do is put together a world-class waterfront task force. Um, so that is on the horizon for Infinite Erie. It mm -hmm. is one of the things that uh, we think we need to do sooner rather than later is bring those property holders and stakeholders together. And what is the greater vision? You know, we've had a master plan for down there, but yeah. is it still relevant? Like, what do we need to do? Because there are a lot of great ideas and great vision for that bayfront, but let's bring it back to the forefront and make it a priority now that we're going to have this connection and hopefully provide r extra reasons for individuals, whether they're visiting or downtown, to traverse across from yeah. the Bayfront to downtown. Is the National Maritime Sanctuary on your project list? Um, it's not necessarily on the project list. It is on our radar. Okay. Um, we certainly see uh, the value in that. I believe, um, you know, we um, provided some some input around that. I don't know what the status of that okay. is currently, right. but um, I, I think, just didn't again, know if it was one of the 35. Um, I want to ask you, because I'm running out of time. Uh, we talked a lot about the city. Uh, Mill Creek is, you know, the Prescott Gateway. It, it's it's it, There's a lot of opinions about it. Uh, my opinion is that, you know, we all know what being in a resort community looks like, and I sure would love to see a little bit more of that along the Peninsula Drive corridor and certainly on the A Street corridor. Does that come up in the playbook? It does. So, yes, um, okay. the Prescott Gateway project is called out specifically in the playbook. It is in our neighborhoods and Main Streets portfolio. Um, so, you know, I know that they are working um, on implementing some of the resources that they already have, especially on the 8th Street. And then I know PennDOT's doing some work along Peninsula Drive. Um, but we're working with them to, again, identify what what their needs are for the next steps right um so so taking a look at that so that is very high on the radar i mean you guys are, aren't really project. getting into the minutiae you're they're you're doing looking, the work they're, they're the doing that work exactly yeah, yeah but the you're trying to make sure that they're staying on point to the stated goals of the project that's exactly right so what do they need they have a plan in place what do they need to implement that plan and if it's something you know that that we're able to provide or you know but they also have you know there are different different levels of what the needs are depending yeah. on the organization or entity. Um, a municipal entity is going to have more internal resources to really do a lot of that work. But if there's a way that we can assist, um, or again, if it's just a matter of saying to, you know, our Erie Action team or different funders and saying that, okay, Prescott Gateway Project needs X amount of dollars to match this grant, or they need this to move forward, making that known and trying to help them secure that, that's how we can help them in that regard. What about DCNR? Again, yep. they're under a, what, 50-year master plan, mm -hmm. big, big projects. As, as Prescott goes, so goes all of Erie County, really. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, I mean, we do have a partnership with DCNR and DCD and other mm -hmm. state and federal agencies. Um, they certainly are are working and interested around what's happening with the Prescott Gateway because it, you know, it ties in with the trails and some of the other things that they're doing around um, Prescott State Park. So they're definitely a partner in all of that. And hopefully, you know, I think an asset um, as as we as Mill Creek continues to move forward with that. So project. there's other recreational assets in the playbook? Like, is the oh. Pittsburgh to Erie Trail in there? So, um, 
not necessarily called out there. It is called out for, um, I believe, a parks and recreation plan of sorts for, um, I'm not sure if it's for the city or for the county. Yeah. Um, we're also working with um, some of our more rural communities around an Erie County Main Streets um, planning cool. project. So we're working with Corey and Edinburgh and Albion and Union City so that they can collectively hopefully access resources um, to help them put some commercial corridor planning and, and implement some projects in their Main Street areas. Um, also, Corey Rails and Trails Project, which is part of the Pittsburgh to Erie Trail. Uh, I've been working with Chuck Gray and Impact okay, Corey. They yeah. have some resources that they need um, match for in order to be able to secure those resources. Pretty pretty significant, yeah. too. So, so yes, yeah, so working with some of those communities to say, okay, again, what are your needs let us, you know, help identify opportunities to to fulfill those needs. I know we can do it much more digitized, but in my brain, I see this gigantic whiteboard oh, yeah. with uh, strings of yarn, like <laughs> like we're like we're breaking down a crime scene. But it is all of these thirty five projects and all of these funders and all of these interested parties. It's quite an endeavor. And I congratulate you. Well, thank uh, you. They've got the right person for the job. Oh, well, I appreciate it. And we've got great leadership. <laughs> yes. And it's really the public-private philanthropic sector, you know, coming together in a way that I don't necessarily think that they have before. And they're very intentional and, and supportive of this in moving these projects forward. I, I would encourage you to make sure you toot your horn. I mean, as as you get those small wins, sure. seriously, this community needs to like, Yes. You're absolutely, you're right. We do. We need to be excited and positive about what's going on. And um, hopefully this is, this is a catalyst to doing that. Kim Thomas, Infinite Erie. Uh, enjoy the holidays. Thank Appreciate you. It. You've been listening to the Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com. <laughs>